welcome to episode 12 of in, uh, in at the Deep End with Gary Bridgman. Um, on this episode, I talked to Ruchi Singh. Uh, Ruchi um, was a very inspiring person to talk to. Um, I really took a lot away from this podcast after talking uh, to her. Just, I think her generosity of presence was something that really inspired me. And the way she viewed, uh, even coming on the podcast at the end, um, we're talking about that her motivation to be on the podcast was to help me as a podcast host. And that was something that really touched me, uh, having that perspective. Um, also on the podcast we talk a lot about yoga uh, because when this podcast is recorded I was going through my yoga teacher training so that's a little bit prevalent in this um, but the main reason we talk on the podcast or the reason that Ruchi came on was to share her story of domestic abuse and overcoming um, that story of domestic abuse seeing that um, her story didn't define her but her story could be something that she used to serve and help other people um, so please uh, listen to the podcast. Please reach out to me if you have any comments or questions um, or any feedback on the podcast. Uh, and yeah, until the next podcast, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Okay, right. good. So anyway, so um, thank you for coming on the podcast, Ruchi. Uh, I've probably said that wrong again, haven't I? Let's, let's practice saying your name again. Uh, Ruchi. Ruchi. Yes. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast and speaking to me today. Um, are you, where are you now? You're in India or Australia? Yes, I'm in India. And thank you so much, Gary, for having me. I'm very Ooh. excited, looking forward to it. You're welcome. And and I think also I've been looking forward to this to, to talking to you on this podcast because just um, we were introduced through somebody else as uh, an earlier guest. Um, and... Yes. Uh, and then your LinkedIn profile is just amazing. So <laughs> it starts off. It starts off with this kind of bang uh, where you uh, talk about the the kind of like your. It's kind of like a transformative moment, isn't it? It's the moment in your life where where everything changed for you. Um, yeah. But I don't want to dive right into that yet. So let, let's before we 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 talk about that. Let's just let's get to know you really and and tell me a little bit about your life story. Um, um, before your transformative mo- moment, I mean, what? Where did you grow up? What was your your early life like? Um, you know, what kind of shaped you, um, getting you to to that stage? Yeah. So glad you asked me. You know, I think I've been on a couple of podcasts by now, and uh, and I've been very grateful to all of them. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time someone has actually asked me something. Other than what I went through and, you know, why I'm doing this. And that is one of the most defining moments of my life. Mm -hmm. But that is not my life. Like, you know, that is an important part of my life, but not just my life. I'm so glad you asked uh, this question. All right. So... Um, my dad uh, is a retired army officer. So in India, uh, army is called Forge. In Hindi, mm-hmm. it's Forge. Yeah. So we have this hashtag, Forgy Brats, like, yeah. you know, army kids. Yeah. So yes, we, we, I'm a Forgy brat and quite proud of it. Not so much of a brat, but I'm very proud of it. And a huge part of who I am, I think, is influenced by... Uh, you know, being an army child, because uh, one thing which I learned very early on was uh, because dad got posted every two years. And in India, every state is like a different country. They have a different language. 
cultures are almost similar but then again there'll be certain differences and the food is different so it is like different countries all right mm-hmm. and so we moved quite a bit and what i learned was that uh, and i have to thank my parents because they made us understand that there are good people everywhere mm. you know yes. so that is something which uh has helped me because when i traveled uh, internationally also i go by this logic that people are nice at least i assume them to be nice till they prove themselves otherwise and yes so that has been uh, one very uh, defining part of my life that uh, we moved quite a bit met a lot of people from different uh, states different uh, ideologies religion mm-hmm. views Uh, but uh, deep down most of us are same you know we want the same thing we feel hurt about uh, some similar things family is mostly important to everyone the hopes dreams fears are almost same all over the world whether it's in india or australia or new zealand or wherever you go singapore and uh, so yes then another you know like uh, I don't know it's uh, when you have to actually think back about your life and break it down it's tough yeah. another thing which actually helped me uh, cope up when I went through my own dark uh, time was my habit of meditating mm-hmm. and uh, my spiritual grounding like uh, from the very early uh, childhood I've seen my mom being very spiritual mm-hmm. and even army officers are mostly they have deep faith in god most yeah. of them because death is a very real part of their life uh, no matter which country's army you are in yeah so uh so i've been like meditation is like a normal word for me mm-hmm. and uh, i also started meditating at least i've been doing it for close to 15 years or so now wow yes <laughs> yes and um and that is if i have to give this one tip to anyone yeah you know they're going through something difficult challenging it's like meditate just meditate for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and believe me it will have more transformative impact on your life than spending thousands of dollars on and doing thousands of courses mm-hmm. yes meditation has been a very important part of my life and mm-hmm. i love to read Yeah. Yeah, I love to read family is important. Very normal uh love partying. I used to love dancing. So yeah, yeah. that's me. Cool. And what what kind of meditation do you do? What style do you do? Is is there a particular style that you do or do you just um meditate in your own way every day? All right. So um actually there is a brilliant program done by Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Mm-hmm. Uh he's the founder of art of living mm-hmm. and he's like a huge spiritual guru and i consider him my guru mm-hmm. so he has he has this program called art of living so i follow that having okay. said that uh there are various ways of doing meditation mm. various ways of me- doing meditation and it is okay to do any kind as long as you are connecting with the power which is bigger than you or within mm-hmm. you Mm-hmm. so that way so uh very difficult to explain you know spirituality is not tangible yes definitely not 
Hmm? Yes, and so explaining something which is not tangible and so subtle is actually slightly difficult for me. Uh, but uh, what I do is I give at least twenty day, twenty uh, minutes every day mm-hmm. to my meditation. And before that, since you asked, what I do is I do certain pranayam, mm-hmm. uh, conscious breathing. Yeah, it's not the best translation, but that's the best translation I could find. Mm-hmm. So I do pranayam. So I do a certain different kind of breathing. Mm-hmm. So what, either alternate nostril breathing or... Um, and it's called Nadi Shodhan, no, yeah. but I do Ujjayi breathing. Okay, Ujjayi uh, breathing, yeah. From, from Ashtanga. <laughs> so in Ashtanga Yoga, I, um, we do Ujjayi breathing, obviously, but um, it's also a breathing method in its right, isn't it? It's not... I think a lot of people, especially in the West, who do Ashtanga Yoga probably think that Ujjayi breathing is a, is a part of Ashtanga, but it's not. It's a separate pranayama breathing method in its own right, isn't it? Actually, uh, it is all uh, the Saint Patanjali, the father of yoga. And uh, he is the authority figure for anything you do, no matter which, um, you know, is it Hatha Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga, Raj Yoga, but it is all actually propagated and explained beautifully by Patanjali. So it is uh, all part of uh, his uh, knowledge, which he shared with, the rest of the humankind. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ujjayi. I do Ujjayi breathing and uh, then I do Bhastrika. Mm-hmm. And I do something called Sudarshan Kriya. It is very powerful. And then uh, uh, what happens is uh, if we immediately try and do meditation, mm-hmm. it, the experience may not be that deep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we are uh, so attuned to all the um, stimulation from the outside world, you know, all the five senses. Yeah. So actually to go deep within, if you immediately try doing it, you can't forcefully do meditation, right? It is a very powerful method, but there is still a way to it. So uh, if you're very tired, you can't do meditation. And even if you're very uh, active, you will not have a powerful uh, experience. So once we do anayama, before that it is idle do at least yoga or if you don't want to do yoga go and do some exercises even for 10 minutes so it's a whole process what happens is i hope i'm not taking a lot of time mm-hmm. let's, let's, right. let's we'll so just see we where have, the conversation goes there's no structure to this it's just, all right. let's just see what comes out uh, three gunas or types you know yeah. uh, tamas rajas and sattva mm-hmm. so uh if you're very lethargic and all it is tamas so uh Tamas, uh, then we come, once we start moving, doing yoga, aerobics, anything, you move to Rajas. Mm-hmm. And from Rajas, which is activity, you have to move to Sattva, which is quieter. So, you know, you first do some physical activities, then you do Pranayama. So, you're, you're slowly, slowly going within because you do Ujjayi and also you'll understand, you know, something yeah. starts happening, you get calmer. And then when you do meditation, the, the impact is so much more powerful mm. yes and i do it with one mantra which i cannot share because uh, <laughs> but you mind. can do it to any mantra om or anything mm-hmm. or just put in a good cd and do it so yeah 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 so i i just do a mantra based meditation is kind of like um my formal meditation practice um <laughs> and um some ashtanga but a very a modified series not you know, not, the, um, not a full primary series of Ashtanga. I can't de- do every pose yet. 
Um, and then, uh, and then I change my meditation sometimes depending on where I feel I am. So sometimes I'll, I'll do some more Buddhist style meditations, more kind of, um, uh, uh, breathing ones or do some compassion uh, focused ones just depending on really just depending on what comes up in the moment yeah when I when I get up and just but I have a regular meditation practice uh, but I've only been meditating now full time for coming on three and a half years maybe I think four years and for me it changed me um, you know it's changing me completely and changes me constantly all the time just having that that regular practice where you you start to quieten your mind and you notice that at the beginning it's very your mind's very 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 busy but now my mind is very quiet um and it's so quiet sometimes that <laughs> i struggle to find a thought <laughs> it's like, yeah no i think i I, I, I truly believe we're all different and unique in brain types and things like that. And I uh, just, for me, meditation is very good for me uh, and it quietens me down quite, quite well. Um, and now it's like, I, it's like my thoughts are in, uh, it's like they're in the same room as me, but they're over across on another table. Um, and now and again, I can, I can tune into them and I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's an interesting one, but the rest I won't bother about. Um, and I can pretty much, um, just, uh, Sometimes you get lost in them, but pretty much it's just a noise in the background that I don't really have to focus on. Um, and yeah, it just, I think once your mind is quiet, you're, you're able to sort of access your wisdom quite quickly. Yes. It's yes. there for you, isn't it? So yes. what does spirituality mean to you then? And when it, when it comes to, because these are the things that, I've been talking about a lot with within my my own life, and obviously I'm linked in with a couple of people. I talk about spirituality, and um, it, and it's on this podcast is becoming a theme at the moment. So obviously there's something there that we need to respect. Yes. Um, and I think for me, it, it's just really about connecting with that 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 wider contextual self that we are, the the emptiness we are, the 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 vast space that we are, and it doesn't have to be about religion or anything that for me. Um, but what is it about for you? How do you define your own spirituality? Actually, it's almost similar to yours. Mm -hmm. Spirituality to, again, to me has got nothing to do with religion. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, uh, whenever we connect to the deeper part within us, mm -hmm. the best part, which brings out the best, uh, you know, when I say best within us, like the humanity, when we realize somewhere deep down, at the end of the day, we are all from the same energy. Yeah. Forget all the differences we come from. I actually believe it, you know, uh, that we come from a place of love. Mm -hmm. Even people who may not appear to be that good, they're all on a different journey. Mm -hmm. That way, but uh, spirituality to me connects me to the best part of who I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm. And like you said, you know, it connects to something very deep within or like you said, either deep within or to the wide space, mm. uh, which, which is very difficult to explain to someone else. It is so deep and personal, but yeah. that is what spirituality means to me. And I always tell people, you know, mm -hmm. that any good, anyone or any uh, person who asks you to do something, 
which because I get this sometimes, you know, Ruch, how do we understand if this person is a genuine uh, person or a guru or something? I said, I'm not an expert, but how I go by that is if anyone makes you say or do or believe something, which is making you smaller as a human being, Mm-hmm. That is definitely not spirituality. Yeah, yeah. No, I, oh, that's a really nice way of, of describing it, isn't it? That hits something. So anybody that, that connects you with that bigger part of you that makes you feel bigger than yourself. Um, I thought about it today, actually. There was a thought that came in my head today about that when I was thinking about um, when you're when you're seeking something. So you have this seeking behavior and you're seeking something bigger than you. But actually, that, that bigger than you is you. The, the yes. thing that you're seeking is bigger than you is actually you. It's this bigger part of you, this, this never-ending container for your experience um, that doesn't change, that is always there and is always um, observing and watching. Um, but, and like you say, it's so difficult to describe it with human language because human language is... is it, Very limiting. Yeah, it's limiting because we're trying to point to an experience. And I say to, to my coaching clients and people, and I say, well, it's like, it's like the experience of being in water. So I can explain to you somehow like, oh, this is, you know, I was in water and I was wet and it was tranquil and I was swimming and I felt weightless. But it still doesn't ex- describe the experience of being in water. Yes. It's different yes. things. And you can't, and you're still trying to point to this experience of being um, present and for me, it's just like everything is, is, it's like a movie sometimes. It's like it's playing out as a movie and I can step back from it and I can see the movie and I can watch it. And, it, and it, sometimes it's funny because you're just like, oh, well, what's, what's that one going to do? Because <laughs> you, know, you don't really have any idea what's going to happen. So it's just, sometimes it's just like that. You just step back into it and um, you step back into this nice blissful space and you can stay in it for a while and then come out of it. And sometimes you get caught in the movie, don't you? Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm back in it again and I'm back in the drama and I'm in my thoughts and, um, and you don't see the illusion. And then sometimes it it, it flips and I'm back out of it again. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in the movie again. I can see it. It's very, very strange. Um, And sometimes when I'm in that stage where I'm actually like, uh, when you hit that, uh, you know, when you, you connect with that bigger part. Yeah. I don't feel like getting out of it. I wish I could be there my whole life. <laughs> um, I think, I think the point is, is that we have to, we have to lose it to come back to it. Yes. Yeah. We have to, because otherwise, we wouldn't realize how beautiful it is, or how, um, how much it serves us that space to go to get back into it, because. Yeah. By losing it, we know it's available to us. It's like, oh, yeah, I can get back there. There is a, a place I can go. It's not, it's not this never-ending state. And I think that's just part of being human, is that we have to drop into being human sometimes. Yes. You know, and I have to be a human. And sometimes, because if I stayed in my spiritual space all the time, I would be no use to anyone. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I've got a family to feed. You know, I've got, I've got, I've got things I need to do. So, you know, you'd never, you'd never get anything done because, yeah, and you see that sometimes with with people, maybe when they do too much spiritual bypassing, but they're they're kind of sat in this. Oh, you know, I'm just awareness. Yeah, and it's it's like it just doesn't work. You know, you've got to be a human. You have to still be part of uh, this world. You can't run away from it. That's the no. whole. Yeah, exactly. and be connected 
that way. In fact, uh, may I share a small story? Sure, please do. All right. So, uh, we have this story that uh, everyone used to go and trouble God. God, I want this, I want that. Make me mm-hmm. slim, make me tall, make me whatever, you know. Yeah. And God actually got tired. He's like, oh my God, I have to take a break. These humans, they're driving me nuts. So he went and hid somewhere like up in the Himalayas in one of those deep caves. Human beings are persistent when they want something. So they mm-hmm. found him there also. Him, her, I don't know, you know, like <laughs> whatever you believe in. So that way. Um, so again, God, like, he then went and hid in the deepest, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. ocean. And again, people went scuba diving and found him. And it's like, what do I do? So the goddess, mm-hmm. who's the smarter one, <laughs> just kidding. So uh, she told him a place to hide. And she said, it's like, are you serious? Will that work? Mm-hmm. Trust me. Listen to me. Okay. So, you know, he went and hid there. And ever since that day, it has been very difficult for the human beings to find God. Yeah. Do you know where he is hidden? Hiding. Inside of you. Oh, yes. You should have played along and said, oh, I don't know, Ruchi. Yes. So God, uh, in that story, he went and hid in our hearts. Yeah. That is why, you know, when we search everywhere and when we are tired, then when we do meditation or whatever, mm-hmm. to each his own, then when we go within, we find God. Yes. No, that, that, that. So that was something I came, became aware of very recently, that, that, that it's, it's always within, it's not without. And this mm-hmm. searching behavior we have is this where we keep looking for something outside of ourselves, whether happiness, love, we keep saying, Oh, that's outside of me, but it's not, it's inside of me because we're creating this experience ourselves in the moment through thought. So every, you know, my experience is coming to me through thought and I can't, I can't get away from that. So if, if I think my experience is outside of me, then I'll keep chase. I'll keep trying to change the world and keep trying to chase things outside of me to make myself feel better inside. But yes. it's not. It's inside. That's where. That's where it is. That's where it's hidden. Um, and I think I kind of. I think I've heard this, that story before. But it is that. It is a great story, isn't it? It's just the one place we'd never look. Because <laughs> yes. we, we think, we think we're separate from it, but we're not. We're. This is. It's all us. It's all one thing, and it's and yes. it's all within my experience. So I said to somebody the other day, I was like that. This is all within your experience. So hence your consciousness and your experience is wide enough to contain all of it, including the, the, the scale of the universe. So even the more with science, we find out how big the universe is. I mean, it doesn't mean there isn't a reality out there, but there is a reality out there, but it's all within me because I'm experiencing it all within me. So my yes. experience is, is large enough to contain all of it if I want it to. Um, yes. as, as big as the universe is because it may be, 13 odd billion light years across or however big it is, but it's all within me as well. So it's a paradox, I know, but it, 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 um, it definitely means that, that you can have a place that you can step back into that makes you feel safe yes. and, and keeps you safe um, totally. and connect with that source. So tell me a little bit about your life leading up to, to this event that, that we're going to talk about and, and your marriage and with your husband. I mean, cause I assume it didn't start out as something that was terrible. I mean, how did it all start? All right. So, uh, 
I actually don't uh, get into a lot of details mm-hmm. uh, because uh, even though I talk about my story, but the reason why I talk about it is because I have a purpose. Purpose is to create awareness yeah. about domestic violence and. Uh, so that's the only reason i talk about it otherwise i'm a very private person mm-hmm. all right so uh oh, share what you want you share what you want to share yeah there's, so, there's no... uh, it had a good moment mm-hmm. uh, it was not always horribly wrong or bad yeah. uh, because again all of us are human beings so mm-hmm. there were some good moments and there were not so good moments and yeah. then there were some very dangerous moments for me so so yes, um, I got married and uh, I shifted to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And uh, why, why the move to Sydney was that? Because your husband's Australian. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. He's from Sydney. Okay. Uh, so that way, and Australia is beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yes. So. Uh, like I said, you know, it wasn't like from day one, uh, it was horrible, but uh, it was very quickly, uh, it was not okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I realized was that sometimes when there are signs, mm-hmm. we should not make excuses. We should believe those signs. And when I say signs, I'm not talking about some paranatural signs. But if you see someone has crazy anger issues, like they can actually pick up a chair and bang it on the TV. That's not normal. At least not uh, normal for me. So uh, what I have realized is these things which are not normal behavior, if you experience that, then you have to tell yourself that yes, you are right. This is not normal behavior and not make excuses because chances are you're putting your life in danger and you're also wasting a lot of your precious life. Mm. So that happened and, um, and it kept getting slightly worse and, uh, alcohol added to the anger issues. And, uh, so that happened. And, uh, you know, human beings, uh, we work when we are in a bad situation. One of the reasons why we don't leave, or at least I can only talk about myself, but this is what I have found out when I have been talking to a lot of people and a lot of people connect with me now. You'll be surprised. I get close to 100 messages every single day. Wow. Yes, it is kind of overwhelming, honestly. But uh, there are certain similar things. A lot of people uh, continue being in a difficult or a challenging or a dark situation because they fear change. Mm. We have that comfort zone, even though it is very dangerous, we have that comfort zone and that happened with me also. Mm. I was in it for close to five years and uh, it was, it was that hope that, okay, things will get better. Yeah. What if, you know, this actually works, this therapy works and uh, another common thing I found uh, after talking to people is uh, that uh, a lot of times there are certain patterns, right? So uh, people who abuse have this pattern that usually they'll be very apologetic afterwards and they will uh, they'll cry and they'll promise you everything. They'll say, I'll do this. Please don't leave me. I'm so sorry. I'm struggling. I need your help. Yeah. You know, so in fact, for the longest time, I thought uh, I'm being the big one and the stronger one. And uh, 
and that's that was just foolish honestly uh, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm, i talk about it because what i went through uh even if i can help one person actually it will be worth it mm-hmm. and it is so so deeply entrenched all over the world uh so things uh, you know like i lived in that hope and fear fear that what if uh what will happen if i left uh, him mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, you know violence is not just physical it is also uh, psychological and emotional too so uh, if you're told almost day in day out that you're a bad person you're not worth it uh, nobody will have you if you leave me who will look at you you're so ugly you're so fat and uh, things like that and to another person you may feel oh you should have walked i have actually got these questions oh ruchi if i was you i would have left yeah and that's called victim shaming and blaming by the way yeah. is a proper term for it but when you are going through it it is not so easy it takes a toll on your mind because it's like slowly slowly chipping away at someone's self confidence at someone's humanity you know and uh, all of us no matter how strong we are we are still sometimes vulnerable and we start doubting like maybe you know i started thinking maybe it is me he's right you know maybe i'm triggering that behavior yeah. then you start thinking if i change this if i lost a little bit of weight if i i don't know if i'm like a doormat mm-hmm. whatever but then you have to realize it's not you you are never responsible for someone else's bad behavior you can be responsible for things and you should work on it if it is your fault but none of us both men and women mm-hmm. we are not responsible for someone else's bad behavior all of us go through our own challenges i'm sure gary you have your own challenges but that does not mean that you suddenly go and start hitting your girlfriend your partner wife or your boss or whoever friends right that is not okay you can't make that an excuse similarly it took me some time to start it was always there but strongly believe if someone is behaving badly emotionally physically i am not responsible for that i can help a person but i'm definitely not responsible for that uh so yeah uh so uh, just a, a question though just before we go on that that whole process where essentially this person's just giving you thought and more thought into your brain and and we're naturally negative anyway we know this about ourselves and it's just adding to to that negative thought that you had um uh, you know you were still meditating you were still doing those things those self care routines was this was there kind of like this did, did you start to develop this split kind of personality inside where there's one one side of you saying leave 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 you know your wisdom's telling you something all the time and there's another part of you going oh it'll be okay don't worry we'll stay we can work on this i'm you know what was that like for you that going through that that kind of duality actually it was very traumatic mm-hmm. quite traumatic because like you said uh in fact the only reason why i coped decently well because a lot of people used to ask me like uh, cops and uh, later doctors because i was also going through chronic pain that time uh, they used to always first check me for depression yeah and the only reason why i i i think i didn't go into it because i was meditating daily in fact i increased my meditation and i increased my pranayama time and all that so that 
kind of still kept me sane if yeah. i may use that word if i was not doing that gary i don't think so today i'll be on your podcast honestly i'll be in therapy yeah. uh but you're very right there was a part of me i think all of us have that wise deep uh, part of us which tells us this is not right you have to get out of it uh just get out your life is in danger but there was another part of me which was the emotional part maybe which believed when he said babe don't leave me i'll try i wanted to believe it you know so i'll not even put it on him it was on me i wanted to believe you know that he is taking uh, help he will get better what if he got better and and then i also had these fears i believe that if i left him what will i do who will have me things like that and i'm being very honest i don't want to you know pretend to be a superhuman being because then i'm not helping people actually then i'm actually i had this fear uh there is still a part of me which uh, worries about how i look and it may sound very uh shallow but i feel that way that i look bad that i'm very fat and i'm working on it but uh, i didn't feel like that before mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. so yeah uh it was very conflicting and uh, and that's why i was in it for such a long time mm-hmm. and uh, a funny thing is i am uh, i was working in hr so i have more than a decade uh, of experience in hr and in my last role i was actually uh, heading talent management for one of the offshore units of aviva which had uh, close to 5000 fts full time employees and i worked on transition i transitioned for international locations so you know i had that kind of profile i was in a leadership role mm-hmm. i got leadership excellence award and all that so when i went through this and when i came out of it i started thinking if it could happen to me where you know i would like to think of myself as a fairly confident person i have been always loved like i have always known that my parents my sister my brother my close friends they love me so i have deep down always known i'm loved but during the dark time i actually started thinking i'm not worth it mm. that i don't deserve to be loved i believe that even though i come from such a solid grounding you know I did tell my family for five years. I was so humiliated, so ashamed to tell them this. Mm-hmm. And my ex, uh, uh, again, he's doing extremely well for himself. Very well educated. If you met him, chances are you like him. He'll be your buddy. He's very charming and fun to be with. Sophisticated. Uh, he could be your drinking buddy, you know. Like mm-hmm. so. I don't drink, so I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, then I started thinking. I was like, if I went through it, then chances are, before that, I would have thought maybe that a certain type of person went through domestic violence. You know, maybe they came from a economically disadvantaged background, or they were a certain personality type. Maybe you know, some people are shy; they are introverts. Okay. So. and here i am who was in a leadership role i am loved and i know it deep down i am a decently confident person and i went through it and i believed everything and i'll be honest there are certain issues even now i have to struggle with like i think i'm very bad to look at i'm fat and wearing sleeveless is a big issue for me now mm-hmm. 
and i'm honestly sharing all this uh, not for sympathy because i want people to know that you know people say oh you know we see bruises and all and we have sympathy but mm-hmm. sometimes the wounds which you can't see have actually a much deeper impact mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so so yes so then i thought i have to do something about it mm-hmm. and um, so it it was happening in my mind all through it was not that it happened just one day it's not a hollywood movie yeah. and then uh, but something very dramatic happened so one day my ex came home drunk and uh, it was shared i think on my post also i he kept a butcher's knife to my throat and uh, shouting that he killed me and uh, what what was the why 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 that night do you think that i have no idea i have no idea i believe me like i don't know yeah why and uh, actually he stabbed my i had a red exercise ball so i just ran and stood there and he stabbed that i'm very lucky that he could also deflect his anger to the ball so do you mind if we just slow slow it down because what was what was going through your mind when when that happened when when you know and you, and obviously it's a, there's like you said there's still part of you that that wanted to believe the 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 lies and the manipulation that that he was doing so there's that part of you there but then suddenly it's completely changed you're in, in that kind of life and death situation I mean, what was going in through your mind at, at that point? What were you What were you thinking about? Did it become quiet? Did it? Did you? Did you see something different, or what? What was the? I wish uh, I could explain it, you know, because uh, a few moments actually I could have died, you know, because he was drunk. He had a knife to my throat. He was shouting. And, uh, and gary to be honest there are certain things which i remember even now and my mind is a blank and suddenly something triggers it and i remember something very vivid mm-hmm. so i don't know um uh, maybe that's my mind protecting me i don't really know but uh, i just remember two things and mm-hmm. it didn't like it didn't happen over like it was a few minutes right mm-hmm. but uh, I I don't think I can even explain it to myself honestly but the two things which actually stood out which I remember very clearly is one was I was anyway shit scared uh and uh, there was but one two thoughts one was which I remember one was I have to stand still and I don't know where that came from but I you know like i was like I, my mind was telling me you have to stand still ruchi because you can't aggravate him anymore i couldn't have run out i was cornered so i was like i have to stand still so that i don't aggravate him like because we here right i think i don't know but uh, mm-hmm. this childhood you told if someone is attacking you you have to stand still mm-hmm. not aggravate so that was then the second thought was oh my god i'll never see my family again yeah and uh, yeah it was very painful even now i don't uh, i it's difficult for me to talk about it mm-hmm. so yeah those are the two things i remember there are a lot of things i don't remember and sometimes it triggers and uh, i'm like oh my god that also happened okay i didn't remember that mm-hmm. so yeah uh but yes 
and i hope a day kill comes when i can talk about it normally but it's recent you know i went through the boss last year august so it's not been a year also mm-hmm. and my makeup will get bad <laughs> i can't cry okay. i have to look pretty for gary's podcast <laughs> yes yeah. so yes so that was the turning point of my life and uh, Mm-hmm. i thought uh, you know and in australia uh, the government is trying to do a lot but it is very very bad you know people think that first world countries don't have this problem it is mm-hmm. not true in us yeah that shows and this is old data by the way that 4000 women are killed murdered by their male intimate partners every mm-hmm. year 4000 yeah you believe that that number yes yeah. and that's us uh, is uh, supposedly uh, you know like it's a superpower right yeah uh so it is not uh, uh, like it's uh, so that's what you know i realize that it is not uh, it cuts across race religion geography everything social economy background educational background it is so common so prevalent uh, like one in three women again this data i picked up from who and shows that uh, one in three women will go through at least one incident of sexual or physical uh, violence in their lifetime by the male intimate partner hmm. uh and uh, so i thought uh, that i have to talk about it i have to do something actually i didn't think i have to talk about it i was like i have to make my life count once the, i was out of the trauma and it was bad i i used to feel so scared of closing my eyes and going to sleep because i didn't walk out that day it didn't happen like this happened and i'm walking off no and again i was there were times when i used to really look down upon myself but then once i started talking and doing research i realized that i was not alone my story is not unique and in fact that is why it has to be told because it is not unique yeah. because there are millions of women who are going through it and very few women walk out the first time it does shows it takes 7 times i don't know really but uh, and a lot of women live through it their whole life mm. yeah big i think what the sad thing is is that that society judges people for that don't they it's yes. like you said it, it but even uh, there was even that little bit of self judgment where you're talking about well i thought it was somebody different it wouldn't it wasn't going to be me that i'm not this kind i'm not the type of person this this would happen to yeah. and the reality is is this happen that can happen to any type of person yes it happens to movie stars yeah exactly like, so and they take it and i understand because end of the day they are also human beings so what i went through emotionally they are also going through it it's just that they are so high profile that whatever they do it comes to news but they are human beings yeah so that in fact i have uh, faced my own bit of victim blaming and shaming and all that mm-hmm. and i think that has made me stronger in fact if I, that hadn't happened all this i don't know what i would have been doing but yeah. yeah so i thought you know like uh, so uh, in australia something like this happens and people get murdered it actually makes it to news mm. so otherwise a very peaceful country and just uh, before this happened uh, i think 10 days 15 days back uh, something similar had happened where this guy had murdered his wife and it they, it made it to news and 
so i started thinking as i can't be just a statistic my life is more than just being a statistic i refuse to be just a statistic and uh, another thing was uh, i started questioning things like what if i had actually died that night what would happen the value of my life mm. and uh, and the answer which i gave myself was that i have to help i have to help people i have to make my life count and how i make my life count is when i help others mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i actually gave the first talk to myself i have it recorded on my phone yeah <laughs> uh and this is something which i, I the talk i've never shared with anyone but uh, i talked to myself in that unit mm-hmm. and i gave myself a talk about you know moving out of the victim mindset i was a victim right yeah. and i don't want to sugar coat it be politically correct no i was a victim mm-hmm. but to remain in the victim mindset is actually doing myself more harm mm-hmm. that was not in my control a lot of it was not in my control but to continue being in that situation or to start be you know i could like a uh, if you've gone through something it is sad it is tragic but if you make that and stop living life take that and stop living life or turn bitter or angry then you're actually harming yourself more than your abuser could have done that and i didn't want that mm-hmm. so i started talking about it back in sydney also so in sydney i was not getting on stage and giving talks but i started talking to people and discreetly because i was still with him yeah and i feared for my life for it was the end Mm-hmm. uh but i was still with him see that is how it works it is very messy uh, and uh then when i came back to india then i like then i told my parents and it was very traumatic for them because i am very blessed mm-hmm. i have such supportive family and they were very hurt also that i didn't share it with them and very loving and they were they had their own pain that i went through it and they didn't know you know yeah. kind but then i started talking about it so uh, again people a lot of people told me oh my god don't do this you know uh, you don't know people can be quite cruel and then people will be very uncomfortable around you and of course ruchi who will marry you again because mm. of course that's the purpose of my life right yeah exactly <laughs> uh, so uh, things like that but uh, i wanted to do it and my family was like you do what you want to do mm. we are there with you mm. and i started talking about it and initially i didn't realize you know i just talked i got on stage and my first talk was in front of 500 people mm-hmm. and i talked about my experience and i talked about uh, things like this you know that mm-hmm. these statistics are also human beings they're mm-hmm. not numbers they're human beings so yeah. things like that and then i realized for the first time the impact my story carried i had not realized it i was actually slightly uh in a trouble state myself i was like i have to give it up i have to make my life count i have to i've been given a second chance and i have to make it count that was what I, the reason was and i was not thinking about it strategically like you'll not believe till recently i did not have any proper pictures videos nothing because i was not doing it like i have to make a career i have to make a show. i didn't know like there's a show reel very recently i have got finally got at least some teachers who show me that i'm actually getting on stage and talking mm-hmm. uh 
so i talked and then uh they had made it anonymous so they had given chits to people and they could there was a panel i was the keynote speaker uh that people could ask questions and i got i don't know they ran out of time like i got so many because it was anonymous and there i realized so many people had written in that audience mm-hmm. i'm going through it i fear for my life i fear for my mom's life mm-hmm. uh i can't get over it that you know i've seen my dad beat up my mom things like that and you know thank you for sharing your story and that was even now i get uh, lose one because that was the time i realized that i thought i will create awareness mm-hmm. right i will i had this thing i have to create awareness i'm not going to sweep it under the carpet but i will do it from a place of love so i i've never taken my ex's name i've removed him from all my social media handles everywhere because i don't want to do a witch hunt how do, that doesn't help me mm-hmm. you know it takes away from my mission if i may call it to create awareness so that more and more people know that it happens and this is what a person goes through it is not easy but we have the power to also help them mm-hmm. and also to the victims i will not use a politically correct term because then in a way it is insulting someone who's gone through something say so, okay but we'll not call you victims right yeah. uh victims also have this deep power within us to recreate our life mm-hmm. that was the idea and then since then till now i told you i get more than 100 messages every day from all over the world yeah and this shall send it by that's why i've not close my facebook messenger because they find it easy to discreetly share it and they uh, feel safer but i feel overwhelmed but this is uh, the impact just by sharing my story i give people a chance because i'm sharing my vulnerabilities you know i'm not standing there and saying i'm this cool chick i'm like this is what it is i feel i'm ugly and fat also i feel this i feel that and people connect mm-hmm. so that's what i'm doing in my own little way <laughs> wow we'll just sit down for that bit because there's there's just so much there and i don't think i, I don't want to um i don't want to say too much at the moment to be, just to to let it rest with a, with with ourselves and anybody who's listening as well it's such a story of strength and resilience um uh, it's just amazing to me how you've you've taken it and you've owned it as as something as of instead of like asking yourself well, why why did this happen to me you, you've you've taken it into an experience of well, what you know why is why did this happen for me and what what can i take out of it that that can make it this and you said it this thing so you're not this event you're not this one event in your life there's a there's a whole story of you and this you know by doing this you're making this like oh well this is just the insignificant part of it this is the the small part of it the this is the part that that doesn't really matter because now there's this much bigger part that's coming out of it than than this one event in time that as you said lasted i mean the event itself lasted what a couple of minutes or um uh, and now you've you've got this this bigger thing that's out of it that makes the event and the person who did the event insignificant for you 
Uh, in a way, yes, but I'll not call it insignificant because uh, to me, um, even now certain things trigger, so I get nightmares and all that. But uh, I understand what you're trying to say yeah. here that uh, it is not my like my life. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of uh, things which I'm doing now is because I went through that, mm. and I actually had just two options: mm. either I could have been this person who was like. Uh, sad and defeated and that would have been also I'm not judging anyone of their, to that uh, because to everyone is a different uh, journey right mm-hmm. but the better path was this mm-hmm. to if, even if I've gone through it let me make something good out of it you know like we all have the power of turning anything we have in life into something more powerful than the incident mm-hmm. like uh, like my YouTube channel, I'm very, yeah. I'm, I'm very emotionally attached to my YouTube channel because when I started it, I was actually going through my divorce and it was, you know, going and it was not a, anyone who's gone through a divorce will know it is not easy. And I also had the history of this. I thought, what do I do? And I didn't want to be calling up my friends and they're saying, oh, babe, you were such a, like that you may feel good little once in a while, but then that doesn't help once you keep the phone down. Yeah. So I started creating YouTube videos and uh, whatever knowledge I had, I started creating power of forgiveness. And uh, oh, until now, I've only shared things which I have, I believe in or experienced. Mm-hmm. And I didn't share anything on my YouTube channel. Even if you see it now on my about page, there's nothing about I'm a survivor, nothing like that, because I didn't want any sympathy. I just wanted to share something because uh, the, we have just this much energy and where we focus is what matters so I focused and it makes me feel happy but uh, me my YouTube channel is very emotional to me uh, maybe now I can share it on my YouTube about page also but uh, I didn't initially and uh, that's what I mean you know uh, a lot of people connect with me and they are going through some very difficult times and they say help me tell me what to do and I always tell them and sometimes they get angry or annoyed with me but I say someone else and it sounds very you know like uh, a motivational book quote types but this is what I have done because when I get on stage I can actually make I can earn a lot if I go back to HR corporate they pay more right so why do I do it because my thing is a lot of people cannot talk about it (laughs) and all over the world again like one of the most precious testimonies is I got from a lady from Queensland, Australia, and I have taken her permission. I can't share her name, but I've, mm-hmm. she said, "I thank you for your pep talk. I was in an abusive marriage for relationship for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed your talk for life and business. Today I go to sleep and tomorrow I start afresh. Yeah. And I actually had tears when I read that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I tell people that help someone. And obviously you have to take care of yourself, but help someone, even if you do a little bit, you know, the mind turns to, let me figure out a way, how can I help Gary? 
Yeah. yeah, so it's like not about Ruchi. I'm trying to help you, and we get help. Yes, yeah. So, uh, it's not a very popular advice. People get quite annoyed with me, uh, but this has worked for me. Uh, so it's it's good advice. Just one thing I want to And it's like things around that emotion. So, if it's in of whatever trauma they've alluded to as, as a walks me forgive to me have yes, in uh, a lot of my close friends and family members also get very were used, they they were angry on my behalf, you know. But uh, one thing was because I stayed with him. You know, I was living with him, right? So, uh, very few people are evil, like pure evil. Yeah. Or maybe I'm very blessed that uh, I have not come across pure evil and please God, I don't want that experience. I have enough drama <laughs> happened in my life. But so he was not pure evil. Yeah. What he did was wrong, mm. right? It's a crime. Mm-hmm. Domestic violence is a crime. So I'm very clear about that in my head. Mm-hmm. But having said that, he had his own vulnerabilities, own uh, issues to deal with. So I, I saw him. He, me, he was a human being. He was not a monster. A lot of people call him, oh, he was such a monster. But he wasn't a monster. He had his own anger issues and he had whether real or perceived, but his pain was real to him. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that. So maybe in my mind, I don't know, like I was not thinking it like, oh, I have to forgive him. So I have to think like that. But I was always uh, thinking like that, you know, even when uh, something happened and he was deeply apologetic or he cried, I used to actually feel very bad for him. You know, I used to feel, okay, how can I help him? He's in so much pain. So I've seen that. Uh, so I think that also helped me. Uh, um and I also believe that uh, very few people are, you know, like maybe what he did to me is, let's assume, I don't know, but maybe that's the worst thing he did in his life. Mm-hmm. But then that's the worst thing he's done in his life. So there are a lot of good things also he would have done in his life. Mm-hmm. So, uh I wish I could explain it very clearly to you, but this is how it worked for me. 
So all the while I used to, you know, also think, and I used to actually sometimes feel sorry for him because to feel like, how does it feel to be so angry? Mm. I don't know that. I usually like to laugh. I love laughing. In fact, that was one of my therapies. Whenever I used to be crying and all, and it was traumatic, so I'll not take away anything from my pain. But then I used to do this thing, you know, I used to do a lot of mind things to myself. So say, in Hindi, but I'll, I'll say it to you in English, I used to say, Are ba beta, kafi drama ho kya? And to force myself to say it like that. So what I actually said was, um, to translate is, Oh my God, Ruchi, I think there's a lot of drama already in that. And, you know, I used to somehow break uh, when I was crying or something. I used to talk to myself like that. But he used to be angry. Or he used to not, uh, even if he get like the uh, like a huge uh, client, mm-hmm. lots of money, he used to be still not satisfied or enjoy that moment. Mm-hmm. So I used to feel bad for him. Like, why can't he enjoy it? It's like... So maybe because I I was also sorry for him somewhere, mm-hmm. I found it easy to forgive him. But having said that, it was not that, oh, I'm a saint. No, I had this, I had, I used to be sometimes very furious. I was like, how dare he is such a bad person mm-hmm. and all that. But then um, my meditation helped me. I actually meditated for months mm-hmm. on forgiving him. So I used to actually meditate and since you meditate, you know, sometimes you can have a purpose why you're meditating. But when you go in deep into meditation, that all dissolves and you in a different state. But you yeah. start with a wish or a purpose sometimes. I used to do that deliberately. I, I think six months or something, I continuously meditated on forgiving him mm-hmm. every single day. And... It was not easy. There was a part of me which I which wanted to lash out. There was a part of me which wanted to hurt him badly. And, you know, uh, there was a part of me which was like, okay, let me say these. I can't imagine myself hitting someone, but let me say these horribly mean things to him. You know, let me cut him where it hurts. Yeah. But that went through my mind, you know. Yeah. But then I acknowledged that. I did not want to forcefully shut it down and say, oh, no, let's be positive. No, that's very damaging, actually. So I acknowledged all that. But then I said, I'm doing this for myself. And for six months, continuously, every single day, whether I wanted or not, I sat down for 20 minutes, forced myself. Sometimes I couldn't meditate for weeks. It didn't happen because I was struggling, but I kept doing it. And one fine day, I realized that I was that I had forgiven him. Mm. I know I'm not giving you a concrete answer, but this is how it worked for me. No, but I think that's how it works, isn't it? Is that it's, it's a process and it's not something that you can just do. You know, it starts with a, a choice. It starts with a, I need to forgive this person. Um, and it starts with that kind of, I need to forgive this person for, for me. And it doesn't mean that I'm condoning their actions or there doesn't have to be justice served in some way, uh, or they don't have to pay some way for, for what they've done. But it just means that I need to forgive them for my own, um, for my own peace of mind. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it starts with that choice, but it's not as easy as like, oh, okay, well, it's done. Because no, you, it's not. you've got to feel it. Yes, and it is uh, difficult. But then once you're sure that you're doing it for yourself, Mm -hmm. like you said, 
and also a lot of people get confused like you said they say oh but how he did this or she did this i can't give him or her uh so i uh, or sometimes i get anger you know from people saying so you suddenly saying what she did was right because i actually men also talk to me yeah uh yeah uh i tell them i'm not saying if someone has done something wrong it is wrong so i'm not saying say oh it is so cool that he hit me no that's a crime very clear in my mind but you forgive that person for your own mental well being Hmm. and so that you can move on there's whole lot of life waiting out there yeah yeah yes and and if you don't do that forgiveness then you'll just stay stuck in in that in that event for the rest you know for, may not for the rest of your life and it's not saying that your life won't be will be terrible or it will it'll be awful if you don't forgive i mean it's within your right not to forgive somebody you know it's entirely up to you whether you want to do it or not but it it can help you move so much further on if you do that act um but you only have forgive if if you're in the space of forgive yes yeah. and all these things take uh, effort mm it takes effort but i think personally i feel it is worth it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're 90 you don't want to be saying the same story oh he hurt me so badly yeah. so you know i'm like this yeah 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 exactly So what do you think the future holds for you now? I have no idea honestly. I have no idea. Uh and sometimes it is scary. Yeah. I wish, you know, I I wish so for the first time in my life my professional life is absolutely new. Mhm. This is new for me. My personal life is like like in a way new. Like I don't know where it will go. whom i'll meet you know what will happen i have no idea because right now i'm not seeing anyone mm-hmm. but so it is both very uh, at least one i would have liked it if at least one thing was sorted mm-hmm. unfortunately not mm-hmm. so it is uh, i don't know where future takes me but i hope it takes me to a nice place mm-hmm. I, um, I, i have every confidence that it will that, thank you so that, much i hope so too but i truly believe that if you if you're putting this out into the universe you're putting this this goodness this vulnerability this uh, you know helping others will get you to where you want to go it's not even that you want to go somewhere though is it it's it's that living with that uncertainty of i don't know where this is going to go so that's why it's scary sometimes you just have no idea where it's going to take yes, you yes yes and sometimes i don't really know what to pray for like um, i i want things yeah but i don't yeah. know what exactly should i pray for yeah but i would love to come to usa <laughs> never been yeah. so yeah that would be, that nice. would be cool. cool good well um i think i think that you know we're probably at an end of of talking about your journey and um for me it's been it's been something that's really touched me deeply this podcast and it'll be something that I I'll, I'll take away as well um and thank you for sharing it with me it's a complete stranger on the other side of the world um thank you it's been wonderful speaking with you thank you so much and thank you so much gary for having me and believe me uh like i said you are the first person who actually asked me something other than that you know and i felt good because 
sometimes i feel overwhelmed as if my life is just that incident it is mm-hmm. not very important part but it's not the whole life so and that's why i think i and we discussed about a lot of things which uh, nobody has discussed with me on their podcast uh, so thank you so much you're welcome you're more than welcome so um so i will i'm sure we'll stay in contact and um thank you for for coming on my podcast and helping me out as well as a, as a podcaster um i'm sure your story will be very powerful and i hope it's very powerful for people that listen as well so thank you for coming on thank you Bye-bye. Bye. So thank you for listening um, to the podcast. Um, I hope you found it uh, interesting, um, maybe even inspiring, and maybe you've taken some lessons away that you can start to apply to your life. Um, This podcast is a journey for me. It's a way for me to explore the things that are interesting for me in in my life, interesting for me to talk about. Uh, Also, um, to share the stories of other people overcoming uh, challenges, problems in their life, of uh, of how they transform themselves and what transformational moments they've had in their life as well. Um, if you have any feedback for me on the podcast, then please uh, contact me at gb at Um If you uh, like the podcast, um, please share it on your social media channels um, with your friends and family um, and your wider social media following. Uh, this helps get uh, the stories out there. Um, you never know when uh, one story or one idea or one concept or one thought might change somebody's life. So um, you can be a part of that by sharing this podcast. So please share it on like it and uh, on your on your own social media channels. Uh, finally, if you want to find out more about what I do as a coach, as a transformational coach, then please just visit my website at acti- activate-yourlife.com. That's activate-yourlife.com. Uh, again, thank you very much for listening. Until the next episode, bye-bye.